0: Listening to First Church Charlotte. Hey everyone, Pastor Nathan here. It is an honor to spend a few moments with you this evening. We are continuing our Bible study on the power of a parent's blessing. Uh, this has been something that uh, has really piqued my interest and has awakened in me, awoken in me, a desire to be the source of blessing. Uh, Of course, firstly in my children's life, uh, any parent would feel that way, but more to be uh, a blessing uh, beyond that, to understand the principles of blessing, to understand the method whereby God has extended blessing generation after generation, and how that has brought about true uh, favor in the lives of... uh, the covenant people of Abraham. So, we have spoken about this. I've introduced you to the idea. Um, I want to make my, uh, make my point um, on this issue of how God has used his blessing uh, and how it results in the, in the lives of observant Jewish people. So, in order to do that, I need to give you some statistics now, I am sensitive to the fact that these statistics can become a stereotype. Uh, that's not what I'm going for, um, and I want, to, I want to push against uh, stereotypical summations of people. Um, Jewish people are like any other people. Uh, there, however, are some statistical things we can learn uh, from them, and I believe because I believe, in the, I believe in the Word of God and I believe in the power of God uh, to bless a people. And I know from the Word of God that it is the promise of the Lord to bless uh, the offspring of Abraham. Uh, I, I'm i fascinated when I actually see the statistics of that. So let me dive into this um, and point out to you that uh, Jewish people in America make up less than 2% of the population. So th- keep that in mind. Um, Jewish people are just one out of 50 people in America are Jewish Um, that said there is a persistent continual economic and educational advantage that they seem to have uh, that shows up in almost every data set every data set you look at let me let me give you an example one of the most prestigious things that could you could be awarded with in modern society would be uh, the Nobel the Nobel Prize Um, and so, the American Nobel Prize in Science, you would think that uh, the Jew- Jewish scientists should receive, just statistically, they should receive um, a one out of 50, one out of 50 prizes, uh, yeah, Nobel Prize for Science, but that you would be very wrong. Uh, Jewish scientists receive one out of three. One third of all the Nobel Prizes for Science are given uh, to Jewish scientists. Uh, and that is not because of any racism. You can look at the panel who chooses it. Uh, This is very much uh, uh, an exemplary testimony to uh, who they are and how God has blessed them. Um, Also, all American Nobel Prizes, if you just look at all of them, not not just for science, but all of them, uh, 25% of them are Jewish um, 40% of the partners in leading law firms in New York City and Washington, 40% of the partners are Jewish. Now, remember, they're just 2% of America population, but 40% of the leading partners in law form, firms are Judas, excuse me, Jews, Jewish. Um, 20% of professors at leading universities are uh, Jewish. Now, let me bring this home even more referring to success, referring to these issues. Um, One third of American millionaires are Jewish. One third. Uh, They make up 2% of the population. Um, 40% of the uh, top 40 of the richest Americans, 40% of the top 40 richest Americans are Jewish. Um, Further, uh, if you split our uh, society in terms of like, say, white Protestant or white Catholic, and compare that to uh, uh, Jewish uh, people, uh, they uh, <laughs> do better, uh, significantly better uh, financially than uh, th- either of those comparisons. Also Also, uh, if you look at the percentage of Jewish households with an income greater than 50,000, that's the cutoff for middle class. In America, a percentage of Jewish households with income greater than 50000 it's double percentage-wise of non-Jewish uh, people. Now, uh, this is fascinating to me on several levels. First of all, um, if you see a group doing that well, you want to look at them and learn what they have something in their culture that is uh, producing these kinds of results. Further, if you are a, a believer and you believe in the Holy Scripture, uh, you automatically believe that God's promise, uh, His blessing through Abraham, is upon them. You want to learn from that. I I hope you see uh, this this unique blessing. Now, I started this series pointing out to you this truth seven times in the um, the, the coming of age of, uh, an, observ- of, an, observ- of an observant Jewish child. Um, there are there are seven blessings. Uh, that their father as the head of the household places upon them. Um, I believe this creates a real effect upon them. I think it is, um, it is notable. I think it matters. Uh, let me give you an example here. Um, actually, let me just read a quote from uh, the, uh, the book by Craig Hill that I've referred to several times. Each week at this time, this is the Friday of the time of religious observance for a Jewish family. Each week at this time, the Jewish father prays a blessing over his wife. He then pronounces a blessing over each of his children. In many Jewish families, the father also pronounces vision and prosperity over his children, thus creating in his offspring an expectation of future success. By doing so, such a father, whether he knows it or not, is imparting... God's image of identity and destiny into the hearts and minds of his children. In many Jewish families who practice this tradition, the words of blessing the father speaks over his children are prophetic. And in adulthood, the children fulfill exactly what the father prophesied week after week. And then the author continues, Why would the Jewish young person think, I should own the bank? while the Christian young person thinks I should work at the bank. I believe that many times this is because of a vision that was imparted week after week through parental blessing. While the Christian young person thinks I hope to get a job at the movie studio, the Jewish young person thinks I should own the movie studio or I should be the foremost film director of all time. This is the power of vision imparted through a parent's blessing. Now, something happens when we begin to live our life as though blessing matters. Uh, if, you're, if you're a believer, it's very easy for you to believe blessing matters. You've spent your whole life um, considering it and reflecting upon it. I want us to take this a step further, and I want us to create in our houses, and not just our houses, I don't want those of you who don't have children to think these principles of blessing are not for you. I want to remind you, you have people that God has placed strategically in your life for you to be a spring of blessing in their life. You speak the words they need to hear and your words not only prepare them, they also give them spiritual identity and they guide them to spiritual destiny. You have people in your life, it may be the um, uh, family members, the children of family members, nieces and nephews. It may be the children of friends that you have. Um, it may be because of your working with children. It may be ministry for you. You need to believe that you are the very voice of God's blessing. When you begin to live that way, when you begin to speak that way, I promise you, it is as though you become the literal image of God shining upon the world in which you live. And that is what you were called to do, to bear his image, to speak his words. And so I want to go over uh, seven intentional times, moments, seasons of blessings in the life of a, a Jewish child growing up in that, culture of Abrahamic blessing, that culture of um, the, their, their faith, the culture of that which they have received through inheritance. And so uh, the first time, the first intentional blessing upon a child is as soon as they realize uh, that child has been conceived, uh, that Jewish father will begin immediately speaking blessing uh usually on their friday night celebration of um the sabbath uh they will speak intentional blessings over that child it may be at a dinner table it may be a husband and a wife him just speaking to that child putting perhaps his hand on uh, his wife's stomach speaking that blessing and uh, this is interesting because that uh, that that child that fetus doesn't know what's happening but the blessing is still powerful. Why? Because that father who is speaking it is creating an atmosphere of blessing. He is weakly speaking to the child who doesn't know what's going on, to the mother, and to himself uh, that this child is wanted and that this child is welcome. In this family, the culture is already being created before the child even has ears, as it were, to hear what's going on. That child is being, as it were, uh, placed in a world that is filled, that is created, that is oriented around speaking God's blessing over them. All through the second time is the season of uh, before the child is born, the whole time of conception, that Jewish father will continue to speak that weekly blessing over the child, over his wife, and he's answering again and again this question of, am I accepted? Am I safe? Do I belong here? Yes, that child belongs here. This is a place of blessing. This is a place of safety. At birth, a new season, a new uh, habit, a new ritual of blessing will begin. And now uh, that child initially is just, is just a newborn. But once the child begins to grow in understanding, they begin to make sense of language, um, they'll hear these words. But I I want you to know that there's something that happens before. Um, The child can sense love before it understands what the word means. And that child is being born into a family that continually, as a rite of weekly reflection and spiritual order, that's what the Sabbath does, it orders your week. It makes the rest of the week make sense. They are receiving this, and even when they don't speak the language, they are feeling in the caresses and the attention and the affection of that family that they are in a place of welcome, a place of safety, a place of blessing. Uh, the child doesn't know how to place into language fears. Uh, the child doesn't know how to speak with uh, clarity uh, the questions within but even so, that family is answering this this the questions within that child. Yes, you were expected. Yes, you were wanted. Yes, you are okay. You are okay. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not in any way um, less than what we had hoped for. And yes, we will take care of you. This culture of blessing is part of their weekly ordering. Their weekly. Uh, worship. Uh, then as the child grows into early adulthood, the difference now is the child understands words. the child now can communicate. Um, but it's not so much um, uh, the, the blessings begin to um, ha- answer because the child's coming of age it answers different questions and fears that might be in the heart of that child. It may change to is there anyone I can really trust to meet my needs? Is there anyone here uh, bigger and stronger and wiser than me who is, uh, loves me and who is committed to me? And that's, that's what that father speaks over that child week after week, speaking that over that child. Yes, you're little. Yes, you have uh, strange fears that you can't explain. Yes, you sometimes think that real monsters live in closets. Uh, You haven't figured out yet that the real monsters that you should be afraid of do not hide in closets. Uh, But you have these strange fears and you're coming to age. And what you're receiving in a culture of blessing from your father is, I know you're not strong. You don't have to be strong. I'm strong for you. I know you're not tough. You don't have to be tough. I'm tough for you. I know you don't know how to work. I know you don't know how to make a living. I know you don't have to make, know how to pay the rent. You don't know how to Credit works. You don't know how to get a job. It's okay. You don't need to. You have me. And that is this continual cultural gift of blessing that is placed upon them. The fourth, um, um, or you know let's see, the conception, um, gestation, uh, the time of birth, early childhood, the transition into pu- puberty is uh, the fifth time where ble- this culture of blessing uh, is still being spoken over them. We expect God's hand upon you. We're not surprised when God uses you. This is your identity. This is your uh, destiny. And there's different questions in the child now. Do do I have what it takes to be a man or be a woman? Am I adequate? Uh, Am I valuable? Um, And the fears of that season are uh, fighting within them, and the real battles of identity begin to be fought within that child. And there, the rock in their life, is this continual identity given to them by their father, by their mother. You are not a nobody. You are God's child. You are not just uh, a stranger, a sojourner, wandering this, this this life. You're God's child. There is covenant placed upon you. I know you'll, you're exploring, you're trying, you're even rebelling. I, I, I get it. I, I've been a teenager. But I want you to know that in God, You are, you have perfect identity. You are who God says you are. You're not who your friends and your neighbors say you are. You are who God says you are. And here's where it gets interesting. And I I haven't thought much about this, um, mainly because my kids are still young, but uh, the sixth season of blessing in the life of the observant uh, Hebrew uh, child is, you would think it ends with puberty, but it doesn't. Uh, There is a blessing that is spoken to them when they are married. It's a different set of questions, a different set of fears. Um, uh, Did you just want to kind of get me out of the house? Um, (laughs) You know, uh, are are you committed committed to me, to helping me in this stage of life? Um, You'll notice that Jewish families oftentimes um, advantage their children, and that advantaging their children does not simply end when they get married. But they continue to be part of this almost what we would think of in English language. You're not just you're not just my child who's now out making your own way. Um, I am in, invested in you. Uh, I am. I. I. If you're going, to, what what are you going to do? I'm going to help you succeed at it. Um, and that that involves empowerment as children get older, uh, not so much uh, instruction. It, it 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 all it begins to be a lot about empowerment. Maybe we'll talk about that later. And so, after marriage, you would think that would be the end of it. They've they've got their own life; they're moving on. But it's not. uh, The seventh season of blessing um, in this uh, in this uh, observant Jewish household is in older age, Um, and this is answering the fears of: um, Am I still needed? Um, Am I still valued? Have I accomplished anything significant in my life? A lot of the battles of middle age are those fears of, you know, I've worked, I've studied, I've worked, I've studied, and my life feels like it means nothing. That's where the Jewish father, perhaps now grandfather, uh, is still in his way speaking blessing. Uh, so I have shown you seven seasons of blessing, and I have shown you how uh, there, is a, there is a tremendous success uh, accomplishment rate in Jewish households that have this culture of blessing, and I, I want to first of all have it in my house. But as a church, I want us to have it in our church life. I don't want it just to be for our immediate children. I want us to open our hearts uh, to children beyond our immediate children. I want our, I want our, our, our first kids to have a culture of blessing where uh, the pastoral team, our, our, our workers, our volunteers, our teachers, they are part of that spiritual blessing uh, in, in, in the lives of those kids. In uh, our student ministries, Bold, I want our church to have that same feel of culture of blessing. And here's the interesting thing, and I want to end with this, but I, 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 you'll hear me repeat this uh, in the future because I deeply, deeply believe this. One of the mistakes that uh, parents make as their kids get older Is um, they see their kids doing something they think is dumb, or, um, and it may be dumb, it probably is. Um, And they think what their kid needs from them is their rebuke, as though it's rebuke that shapes them. Rebuke has an important role to play, even spiritually. Uh, Maybe if I, maybe we'll talk about that next week, we'll have to see. Uh, Rebuke is part of spiritual order, but what we tend to think is that because they're doing this dumb and that dumb, what they need from us is rebuke, as though our rebuke is what shapes them. This is a misconception. I believe this is a misconception. Um, The odds of them rejecting you are directly related to the rebuke they feel and the manner of that rebuke. Um, It is possible to rebuke in a manner that does not humiliate. Um, It is possible to rebuke in a manner that does not in some way leave them filled with resentment Um, and that's what we're striving for when god tried to influence you how did he do it he did it through goodness it was his goodness that led you to repentance and oftentimes as parents we think that what the child needs is rebuke as though they aren't shaped by our blessing i want to turn that upside down and i want you to know i want to i want to say I, i i deeply believe this your blessing upon your children will shape them more than the rules you give them. It'll shape them more than the rebuke you give them. Rebuke is part of the story. I'm not trying to cut that out. I just want you to see how, how fundamental this principle is, that when God wanted to change you, He didn't show up and beat you. He loved you. Uh, there's a lot to learn from that. It's the goodness of God that leads us uh, to repentance. So that's enough for now. We have uh, more to talk about. Um, there's a tremendous amount of insight in the scripture uh, along this subject. And I want to explore it all. I want to I learn it all. I want to make it part of my life. Uh, but that's enough for now. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Lord, be with your people. Give all of us your wisdom, your guidance, your protection, your favor, that we would please you uh, that out of our life, the people that you have placed in our hand would come blessing and not cursing. Let us live the life where people feel as though they, they, they're, they're lucky to have been exposed to that kind of a Christian. Let it be something that flows out of us as a manifestation of your nature and your heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, we love you. See you soon. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast